Welcome to show one of the Lenders Playbook Podcast, where we arm you with the knowledge, skills, and inspiration in private lending, entrepreneurship, and real estate. I'm your host, Matt Rosen. Today, we have an amazing guest with Michelle Esparza. So stay tuned because this very first episode is a game changer and could definitely open some doors for you. So a little bit about Michelle. Michelle started in the title industry in 1993 after a successful eight-year banking journey with one of Texas' largest banks. In her current role as Senior Vice President at Apex Closing Services, Michelle's goal is to make her client's closing experience the best it can be. Relationships expand beyond the scope of a business transaction. It's about what we can do to help and how we can add value to our relationships. She has been lucky to work with some of the most incredible people in the industry. And when you enjoy what you do, it's not work, according to Michelle. Michelle lives in El Paso, Texas with her husband, Jesse. So please help me welcome Michelle Esparza. All right, Michelle, how are you doing hey. today? <laughs> I'm not doing well. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, by the way, to the very first Lenders Playbook podcast. So this know, is exciting. I, I love the first. <laughs> I love the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, you know what? It's actually it's fitting because you were our second sponsor to the American Lending Conference. So yeah, we're excited about that too. Yeah. So it was only thank you. And it's only fitting though that because of that, hey, let's let's get you on. <laughs> and we're super excited. Um so I wanted to talk about about a lot of things, business and and all the ins and outs of what you do, but let's just kind of I know you through the business world, but tell me what do you like to do outside of of you know kicking butt and taking names in in the private lending world what what kind of gives you energy what are some of those things you like to do when you're not uh when you're not working uh, actually anything outdoors um i used to in my younger years i used to sail competitively hobie cats i was ranked 12th oh, in the man. us oh yeah so outdoors anything out there um like traveling we live real close to new mexico so we've got some favorite restaurants that will go over and hang out for the day and then come back. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Living in the mountains here is awesome. <laughs> Do you see, um, I live in Hawaii, so we don't really have like the, we don't really have as much wildlife, I guess, as you guys. So <laughs> I'm guessing you see all kinds of stuff, right? When you're out there with the deer and elk and no elk, um, no elk, but yes, okay. I, I currently am feeding what we call the Magnificent Seven. So I've got a small herd of deer that I feed. No. Uh, I've worked to deal with the local grocery store here on produce. They can no longer sell mainly apples and carrots. They'll sell it to me for a dollar and we throw it out for the deer. So Wow. Got some foxes, um, saw some raccoons the other day. Um, there are coyotes. Don't there like are. them. You yeah. don't like the coyotes? <laughs> nah. No. What's no, no. worse? What's worse, the foxes or coyotes? Or are they kind of the? I mean, um, coyotes. Um, a little more aggressive, little aren't more, they? Exactly, more predatorial. So yeah, you and uh, animals go missing is not a good thing. Oh yeah, that's an issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, the chickens and the your dog or what actually people with small dogs when they move out here that's you know we got new neighbors and my husband and i go over and say hi i'm always saying you know they're 
you're in the mountains. So yeah, if you have yeah. small animals, make sure they're in at night. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Well, I'm in Hawaii, so I guess we do have wildlife. It's in the ocean mostly. You have your tiger sharks and your hammerhead sharks and your um all that fun stuff, right? So I would think two-legged tourists so, too can be wildlife. They're <laughs> <laughs> they're very much wildlife all over the place. <clears throat> yeah. So we have that we have wild boars up at, up in the mountains. And then actually we do have deer in Maui. And then, um, like Molokai and Lanai and stuff like that. So, so, the, and actually the big island. So, we have, so Oahu is the island I live on, which is Honolulu. So, it's, but we're, yeah, we don't really have that kind of stuff. So, I, I always like hearing those stories about feeding <laughs> deer and all this kind of stuff. I mean, Welcome to so Texas. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I, I think it's great. So, so that's what you like to do on the, you know, when you're not working, tell me about your, you know, kind of like your, um, your backstory with the industry that you're in now. How did you get started and, and how did that all start? What's the origin story of, of Michelle Esparza with, with this whole, with, with Apex and everything? Well, actually it's kind of interesting because for some unknown reason, uh, I started in retail. So I was doing a lot of, you know, the mall work and I was a buyer for Country Western store for their clothing and did all the display work for Dillard's. But I somehow knew that I would be involved in real estate and lending. I don't know how. Uh, Next thing I knew, I was working at one of the largest regional banks here in Texas Mm. and stayed there eight years, got recruited by a large title company in 93 and I've been doing it ever since. Um, I've been real fortunate. My client base has always been lenders, investors. So it's just been a really good fit in knowing, you know, some of the issues that they're going to run into and how I can help be more proactive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So 30 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> wow. That's a long, that's awesome. Oh, good for you. What, I mean, out of those, I guess, 30 years, um, what are some of the, I guess, so you've been through, I mean, after 30 years, I mean, you've been through the 2007, well, actually 2006, seven, eight, nine, kind of a debacle, right? You've, you've seen some things in our industry with the ups and downs and the crashes. What, what do you think separates successful people from unsuccessful people when you look back in those 30 years and you look back at all these big market trends that are happening and the you know because a lot of people are like we're looking at where we're at right now and everyone's everyone's got their two cents and their opinions everything like that and it's kind of interesting but when you look back you can really see a lot of interesting things so with all the people you've worked with what are some of the things that you've noticed that made them successful or kind of floundering and not successful. Well, ultimately, you want to prove yourself as an invaluable resource and not a product pusher. Um, mm. From there, on the sales side, which is the, what I've done forever, is you really want to create a relationship outside of just the transaction. So, mm. as you're helping clients along um, and you're getting them through, it's least entitled out of some crazy things that come across our desks um, and getting them to close, you develop that loyalty. And over time, you work with 
that people that are, you know, mind like you, um, like mind, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, yeah. exactly. And so you're looking for, um, people that are going to have some wherewithal that, you know, care about how, you know, not only are they doing well, are you doing okay? And that'll take you through the long term. Um, there are a lot of fly by nights. You need to be creative with your clients. Um, if they want to try something, are you in a position where you're like, yeah, yeah, let's see what we can do. And, you know, build right. the product together. Um, and you just really got to hang tough. I mean, you've got to work. I laugh. I tell people now I'm working like I did in my twenties and thirties. Yeah. Um, you got to not be afraid to roll up your sleeves and just get down there and make yourself available um, when your clients need you most. Absolutely. Absolutely. So building relationships outside of the transaction, right? And we know real estate is cyclical. So you just really got to hang in there. Hopefully, you know, you've put items away to get you through the hard spots, um, take really good care of your existing client base because everyone's looking for hiccups and that's when clients start to move. But I know um, when I'm looking for new clients and they tell me that they're loyal to someone, I can appreciate that because that trust is not just given away. It's built over time. And those are the clients that'll stay loyal to you no matter what the industry is doing. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. Loyalty is something that's been on my mind quite a bit recently with in in regards to business. And I kind of look at it like this. It's like loyalty is it's like when you think about the when you're a kid on the playground or you see the playground atmosphere and you've got you and your buddies are on the playground and you're having a good time and you're, you know, whatever. You're on the swing sets. You're doing this and that. Right. (laughs) You're in, the, you're in the sandbox. I don't know, whatever. There you go. Then, sandbox is always good. <laughs> yeah, you got the sandbox. And then you got the bully that comes in, right? And now this bully wants to kind of flex on you and push you around. And you'll know who your real friends are once that bully pushes on you, right? Because what Absolutely. happens, what I've learned is out of the six friends that you had there, four of them will run. And they'll say, oh, I don't have, I don't know this kid anyways. I would, I barely, but meanwhile, I thought we were best friends. And then the two with well, a one or two, hopefully will stick around and back you up. So <laughs> I think if people understand that, Hey, it, the, the people sometimes who you feel are loyal to you, aren't necessarily as loyal as you think it, it's kind of, and I love what you said, as far as like, you have to take the relationship outside of the closing table uh, outside of the just the the transactional you got to get to know people um because that's what's going to sustain a long-term relationship and build that loyalty and and that trust right absolutely and when the pressure's on um people will show their true spots and unfortunately along life and along your journey you're going to discover some disappointments out there and those those are painful but they're good learning curves and um, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Yeah, that's right. That's good. That's good. So let me ask you. So, okay. I'm a private lender or mm-hmm. someone's listening to this and they're, they're a private lender. So they're thinking why, okay. What, what are some of the benefits of working with you as opposed to 
my local attorney or or someone else that's doing the closings for me, right? So what are some of those, you know, what are some of those takeaways or the benefits that they get from that? Well, first of all, you're working with me. So, hey, that, <laughs> that, I didn't <laughs> want to say it. But, there, okay? No. All right. <laughs> I do appreciate the question, I, though. I get it. Uh, totally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in working with lenders in all sizes, um, no deal is too big or too small. You, I treat everyone respectfully. Everyone's just trying to crush it out there mm-hmm. um, to get their pipelines through. The nice part about working with us is number one, we understand the LLCs and the entity docs. So we understand the investor business. A lot of people will say, oh, we know how to do that. And then smack dab in the middle of the transaction, there's a boatload of stuff that comes into play that they're unprepared for. And so they're scrambling. That does not give our investors the smoothest, best closing experience they can have. Right. We're not married or have any legacy tech. So that allows us to be nimble. And we work with multiple underwriters. So we've got the resources there to get us through some of these hard situations that come from time to time. Because some deals get real complicated. Mm -hmm. Some are real nice and smooth. But we've got the resources and the experiences to provide our clients with um, the smoothest, the best closing experience they can have. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. I think the number one answer is because they're working with you, though. Which is, <laughs> well, I'll always which say is that's back- the best answer. Anyone that knows me would <laughs> not be surprised with that response. <laughs> yeah, that I tell that to people too. Like when they say, "Well, why should I? Why should I attend your event and the other event?" Well, because you're working with me, and they're like, "Okay, I don't know about." <laughs> that but if they know me maybe they think that that's a good that's a benefit but so <clears throat> over the last you know 30 years you've seen a lot of stuff what what have been some of the biggest challenges that you had to overcome with your business over those years well unfortunately there's been a lot of people that have been in my same shoes and i was at the dream job that i thought i was going to retire from And I got laid off and it was because the company was bought out and they decided to riff 35, 40% of their staff uh, of which I was one. Um, That hurt. I was completely surprised by it. Um, Thank God it didn't happen in a zoom call. I actually got a one-on-one phone call and and they told me. Um, And so then it was a matter of recreating myself at a time in my life, um, you know, where the the career's starting to wind down a little bit. There's still plenty of life in me, but uh, it was like, okay, so how how do we want to do this? I know I've got a ton of experience. I can bring an awful lot to the table and I I can hit the ground running. I knew from experience, I did not want to go work for a company that is, um, you're only as good as your last deal you brought in mentality. Absolutely. There was, there was plenty of offers from those. And I just, at this point in my career, I don't need to. And that was not what I was looking for. Oh. I got extremely lucky um, in taking my time and discovering Apex and was mm. at a point where I knew I could help bring new markets to them, 
yeah. with my experience on all sides of the lending industry, there was some things that could open up and they've been extremely supportive. Uh, they've allowed me to bring in new niches. Um, well, new markets that have become our best niches. Mm. So it's just nice when you've got support because then you are free to kind of tell people, share with people all these great ideas that you may have had all these years, but never had an opportunity to fully express them. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. So it's, it's been a, it's been a great ride so far and I've got no intention of letting my foot up off the gas. Right. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's great. And, and, um, partnering with you guys and, and working with apex, um, I believe is going to be great. I think it's, I think it's a good fit. I think that the, the industry is going to benefit greatly working with you. And I think that the best is yet to come. Certainly. Um, what would, what's some of the best advice that has been given to you? If you could, <laughs> I know it's a big question. I get it. But what, like, if you say like, okay, I got this advice from so-and-so and, and it's really changed my life or I read it in a book or something like that. Can you, can you rattle off something that, that can say like, I, I really got this piece of advice and I applied it to my life and it's been amazing. Or actually there, there's, there's a couple of them. Um, the first one is just on the journey. You end up, you have to trust in yourself. So mm. find that voice and don't be afraid to speak out. I mean, I would not be who I am if I did not agree in paying it forward. No one's yeah. put on the earth knowing what they know today. So right. share that. Don't make people fall into tuck holes. And the original one that I found a long time ago, and I know you're going to start laughing and when you're going to recognize it is you have one mouth in two years. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Listen more, talk less, and the rest so will good. all work out. So good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I heard it saying God gave us two eyes, two ears, and one mouth for a reason. Right. So that would be my adaptation that, of that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's it's it's interesting because that concept that you just talked about, I I remember reading How to Win Friends and Influence People when I was um Heavy. 20. When I was much younger, I was, I don't know, 23 or something like that. That was one of the very first, first books. That's probably the one of the best books I've ever read. And up until that point, I never really had an idea on how to communicate with people. I was an athlete. Most of that I was, I was your typical just jock in high school and college. And I, and I got along with all my friends, the, the, the bros, right. But as far as communicating <laughs> with people on a normal basis, I, I didn't know how to really. Until I listened, until I read that book and I realized I don't need to do all the talking. It that's the beautiful thing. And that's what actually what I'm teaching my my girls right now is like, look, you don't need to be the one, you know, with the with all the fancy lines and the words. Just listen to people. Just ask questions and listen. And it it will be it will do so much for you and for your business, really, your future business. So Absolutely. You don't need to use $30,000 words when a nickel word will work just fine. (laughs) You want to make sure you're communicating to your audience, to whoever you're speaking with, um, and leave the rest aside. Just have a real conversation. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. So 
last one of the last questions I have, because I'm a big reader. I love reading books. I read. I've turned into a book nerd and and you would never know that if you knew me from years and years ago. But I've read I read um, I read a lot. In fact, right now I'm reading Lend to Live. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal. And what I'll, I, it, it's a, and she's going to be at our conference, by the way, um, oh, yeah. Beth Pinkley Johnson. Yeah. So she wrote this book via through bigger pockets. It's on private lending. It's absolutely phenomenal. So yeah. Lend to live super good book. Anyway, I'm reading that, but I read a lot of books. Um, and, and what is the one book or two business books that has made a big difference in your life? Doesn't have to be a business book either. You know, it could be anything. No, I'm a nerd like you. I actually you? prefer um, I I prefer reading business books over other books. I'm I'm a geek that way. But um, early on, I discovered uh, Jill Horn Horn was it? Oh, Hornrath. Uh, Jill yes. Hornrath. Yes, 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 yes. So selling to big companies was huge. How to approach the, you know, the big decision makers. Loved, loved that book. I'm right. Um, okay. And, and, and it's an oldie but goodie, but I mean, these are books that have timeless information. Um, the power of sales analytics. Uh, I wow. love to create pipeline reports. Um, I've done it at most of the companies I've worked at. If, you know, they say, you know, what gets measured gets done. Yep. yep, So once you know your business inside and out, you know, what costs you what, you know, what you need to break even, you know, what's profitable, you know, what's items you can spend more time or more focus on. And maybe not so much on some, some of the others you want to be diverse, but um, the power of sales analytics um, was a really good one. And now I'm really going to show my age. Um, I love <laughs> Philip Kotler, um, Kotler on marketing, how to create, win, and dominate markets. Say that again. That's I, Kotler on, uh, on marketing. And it's how to create, win, and dominate markets. Okay. K-O-T-L-E-R. Okay. Kotler on marketing. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, so there's gonna, plenty of other books, but those three yeah. took me into um, <laughs> getting over the fear of talking to decision makers. Um, once I had them on board, you know, how do I go ahead and measure and make sure that I'm nailing everything I need to make because Salesforce wasn't around then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah, color yeah. on, on, you know, how to get the, get the right data so that you're hearing what your customers need, not what you're trying to push on them. Sure, sure, sure. That's phenomenal. That's great. I, I, I mean, yeah. I think the world has come to a point. I'm just talking outside of my head right now, but the world has come to a point where college hasn't provided the education that is needed to be successful in life. And it's so strange for me to say this because I have two girls in college right now, and I'm trying to like wrestle, wrap my brain around this, and wrestle with the idea that like, gosh, what are they even learning? What am I? What am I spending my money on? And, and so I'm starting to feed my daughter. My oldest is 20. So I'm starting to feed her, um, you know, the rich dad, poor dad, you know, the, the, um, some of those types of books, uh, some of those foundational books, uh, the richest man in Babylon. Uh, she just read that. And, but I think marketing and sales books are so foundational especially nowadays when you've had the internet and social media and you have so much 
software solutions at your disposal that you can use to to grow your business with. So, but people just don't know how to use it. So yeah, I mean, I, I I'm going to dive into that, and I will geek out on these books, and I'll let you know. <laughs> well, and sure. I wrote down yours, so I want to check that <laughs> one out too. And I'm happy that um, she's going to be at the conference. That'll be really informational, I'm sure. We'll oh my gosh. Good, good step from that yeah it's it is a very um very very well written book i i love this book anyway so where can uh michelle where can people find you um and and i will by the way i'm going to post this somewhere on our website i don't know where truthfully it's going to be my show notes in quotes will be somewhere in the website or somewhere but i will have all these links to these books too you know and 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 some of this is where but where can people find you at uh well they can find me at the american lending conference ah yes Uh, you can find me on linkedin all right i'm on i attend conferences i'm real happy to post where i'm at what's cooking at the conference what's hot um people can always email me directly at michelle at apexclose.com yeah absolutely okay great well I will for sure let the entire world know a little bit more about you as much as I possibly can. So all of that will be on our on the website and on the show notes. So, uh, Michelle, thank you so much for this time uh, on this podcast and this great conversation. And um, I look forward to talking with you soon and seeing in seeing you in February. Absolutely. And I appreciate the opportunity here. Uh, This has been fun and I'm happy it's another first. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Yeah. We'll look back on this and say, everyone needs to listen to the 001 podcast of the Lenders Playbook. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, again, it's been a real pleasure. Always nice to have a conversation with you. Um, You know, if you need me, you know how to find me. Yep. Sounds good. All right, Michelle. Thank you so much. Thank you.